Welcome to the Waukesha Bible Church Podcast. We believe the Bible tells a single story, and at the center of that story is Jesus. If you like what you hear today, additional sermons, teaching sessions, and written material can be found on our website at waukeshawbible.org. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Our readings today will be from Isaiah 10, 15 through 19, and then a second set from uh, 33, 11 through 16. Isaiah 10, 15. Shall the axe boast over him who hews with it, or the saw magnify itself against him who wields it, as if a rod should wield him who lifts it, or as if a staff should lift him who is not wood? Therefore, the Lord God of hosts will send wasting sickness among his stout warriors, and under his glory a burning will be kindled like the burning of fire. The light of Israel will become a fire, and his holy one a flame, and it will burn and devour his thorns and briars in one day. The glory of his forest and of his fruitful land the Lord will destroy, both soul and body. And it will be as when a sick man wastes away. The remnant of the trees of his forest will be so few that a child can write them down. Isaiah 10, beginning in verse 33. Behold, the Lord God of hosts will lop the boughs with terrifying power. The great in height will be hewn down, and the lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an axe, and Lebanon will fall by the majestic one. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek on the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breadth of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den." They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people, from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. 
He will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The jealousy of Ephraim shall depart, and those who harass Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not put, be jealous of Judah, and Judah shall not harass Ephraim. But they shall swoop down on the shoulder of the Philistines in the west, and together they shall plunder the people of the east. They shall put out their hand against Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites shall obey them. And the Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt, and will wave his hand over the river with his scorching breath, and strike it into seven channels, and he will lead people across in sandals. And there will be a highway from Assyria, from the remnant that remains of his people, and there as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. One of the desires we have as a family of families is to keep reminding ourselves that as individuals, we have and exist inside a much larger story. And I'm wanting tonight to remind us of that story. I quote, based on thousands of research studies in our archives, we believe in the power of advertising. The companies that master the research processes to consistently develop and deploy great advertising will own the future. We know that this season has been greatly traumatized and commercialized by the culture and the world in which we live, but we recognize fully that we are celebrating the incarnation of the second member of the Godhead who came to save us from our sins, and that is exactly what he did. Karl Marx made the statement, religion is the sigh of the oppressed cult creature, the feeling of a heartless world in the soul of soulless circumstances. It is the opium of the people. Because Marx was committed to criticizing the prevailing organization of society during his time, he took a particularly aggressive stance towards religion. Taken in context, Marx is arguing that religion was constructed by people to calm uncertainty over our role in the universe and in society. Is this what we are doing this evening? Is this truly a pie in the sky in the sweet by and by? Are we trying to sell you something? Are we working to calm your uncertainty and settle an encroaching darkness? Christmas or Advent is a season of anticipation, a season of reconciliation, of redemption and celebration. We are looking for new beginnings. We hope and pray that next year will be different. It is a time when we gather together as families and as a church to remember the birth of Jesus Christ. According to the New Testament witness, this child is a sign. A righteous ruler, one who will destroy his enemy and he will deliver his people. He will bring them into a restored and renewed garden. This is what our passage tells us this evening. Over the last several weeks, we have been looking at Isaiah chapter 7 through 12. 7 speaks of a sign, a virgin will be with child. Chapter 9 gives us the light that comes out of the darkness. And then chapter 10 and 11, the branch. In all of that, there is this continuity and consistency. On Sunday, we'll consider Isaiah 12, which is a psalm of praise. In light of who God is, despite or in our circumstances, we praise his name. That is what we do in this evening. Throughout Isaiah, you have this reoccurring phrase, in that day. 
And the question that I would ask myself, is that day, this day, that you and I right now are occupying? 43 times in the book of Isaiah, you have the phrase, in that day. It occurs nine times in the book of Emmanuel, the section that we are in, in chapter 7 through 12. It's found in chapter 7, verse 18, in that day. It's found in verse 20 of chapter 7, in that day. Verse 21, in that day. Verse 23 of chapter 7, in that day. And then in Isaiah 10, verse 20, verse 27, chapter 11, verses 10 and 11, and then chapter 12, verses 1 and 4, in that day. The question we ask ourselves this evening is, in that day that the prophet spoke of, is that day this day? Is what the prophet speaks of occurring, happening, or is it a different day? We know the context in which he wrote. We know that the Assyrians, we know that the ten northern tribes, we know that Syria is coming into and on the land of Judah, the two southern tribes. And it is a terrifying day. The circumstances in which they lived looked dark. They were depressing. There was nothing that they could do to save themselves. And this caused great consternation. And what we're going to do with Isaiah chapter 11 is really just give us the outline or the flow of the text. And then we will see how it does indeed point to Jesus. But when you look at your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 11 does have some initial breaks in it. And we see in chapter 11, it's speaking of a branch. And I had Isaiah chapter 10 verses 15 through 19 and then verses 33 and 34 read because that is the larger context. And throughout this section, 7 through 12, you have these contrasting pictures. In chapter 11, verse 1, when it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Well, we know in the preceding paragraph that was read that there are all these stumps. It's as if the forest has been clear-cut. And if you've ever been up north and you've seen these forests, and when they are clear-cut, they look very, very poor. But out of this stump comes a shoot. From the root comes a branch. And this is in contrast then to what we see. But three things are said concerning this branch, this shoot inside our text. Notice chapter 11, verse 1. I will not read the chapter again in its entirety. But it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom. And as you read this text, two things become apparent or obvious. The branch being described. First, you see his lineage. He is from Jesse's seed, Jesse's line. Jesse is the father of David. David will be a descendant of Jesus. Jesus is a part of that lineage. We will see that it culminates in Jesus. But the descriptive of this individual, is that he is indeed a righteous ruler. Not only do we see the branch's lineage, but the branch's anointing, the Spirit of God is upon him. And what's interesting, when you read this entire section, as we have had it read, you'll note in verse 4 it says, But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, he shall decide equity, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, he shall kill the wicked, righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, faithfulness the belt of his loins. We know that when the branch comes, he will be a righteous ruler. Are we not all begging for the scales of justice to be leveled? Are we not wanting good over bad, the right over wrong? Don't we want to see the right happen? 
Our problem is that we live in a broken world. And our problem is, is that we are broken. But there is one coming. That is what this passage tells us. There is one coming, a shoot out of the stump, a branch from the root of Jesse. And when that branch, that shoot arrives, so will righteousness. And he will be a righteous ruler. All the wrong that we see being done in our world today will be thoroughly straightened. I long for that day. Now, I'm glad I'm on the other side in this way. I am glad that I am in Christ. I am glad that Jesus Christ took my sin, my unrighteousness. But one day when this branch, this shoot appears, he will execute righteousness and it will be done perfectly. If you have your Bibles, you'll notice how there's a break between verses 5 and 6. We have the branch will be a righteous ruler. We then see that the branch shall renew creation. We see that beginning in verse 6 and following. Two things are noted inside the text. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. You have this idea, verse 9. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, of Yahweh, as the waters cover the sea. It goes all the way down to verse 9. The exciting thing for me concerning the arrival of the branch or the shoot, one, righteousness will be executed flawlessly. All wrong will be corrected. The second thing that happens is that there will be this renewed creation. He will reverse the curse and he will restore the garden. That's what this paragraph is telling us. He will reverse the curse. When you and I read Revelation 21 and 22, we realize that a day is coming when he will wipe away every tear. There will no longer be any darkness. The brokenness of humanity will finally be fixed once and for all when the branch, when the shoot arrives. So it speaks of this branch. And when the branch arrives, he will be a righteous ruler. When the branch arrives, he will renew creation. He will reverse the curse and he will restore the garden. And you have that theme running from Genesis all the way up to and through the book of Revelation. The last thing we see inside this paragraph is found in verses 10 through 16. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire and his resting place shall be glorious. Not only is the branch a righteous ruler and one who renews creation, he destroys or reverses the curse and he restores the garden, but he also rules over the nations. And four things are stated concerning his rule over the nations. Verse 10 speaks of the nations inquire of him. Verses 11 and 12, the remnant returns to him. Verses 13 through 15, the enemy is defeated by him. And then verse 16, the pathway is cleared toward him. It says, And there shall be a highway from Assyria for the remnant that remains of his people, as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. We know that when the branch or the shoot arrives, he will be a righteous ruler, he will renew creation, and he will rule over the nations. We know that. And the question we then ask ourselves 
is that day spoken of by the prophet this day. What's interesting about the breakdown of this structure is that if you are in Israel at this time and you are aware of seed promise and blood picture, you are aware of the Abrahamic covenant, your mind is going to default to that. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, where God promises to Abraham, which is built off of, it's built off of the seed promise of Genesis 3.15. But you have this idea of the royal gift being fulfilled when the branch or the shoot arrives. The righteous ruler is the seed. The renewed creation is the land. A ruler of nations is the blessing. In you shall all the nations of the world be blessed. When this ruler reigns, that's what you have being played out in this passage. And the question we keep coming back to is simply this. Is that day, which is spoken of by the prophet in Isaiah 11, this day? Who is this branch from the root of Jesse? Well, let's talk about Jesus. There are three passages in the New Testament that make reference to this idea. Romans chapter 15, verse 12, and and if we took the paragraph in which that verse is embedded, we would see that the Apostle Paul quotes extensively from the Psalms, from Deuteronomy, and then from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 10. But the New Testament references this text. It answers that question. Who is this shoot from this stump? Who is this branch from this root? Romans chapter 15, verse 12, the Apostle Paul says, again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. Chapter 22, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The Apostle Paul in Romans 15 quotes multiple Old Testament passages. Each speaks to the defeating of the enemy and the delivering of his people. This entire idea that Isaiah spoke of, the sign, the light, and now the branch, this entire idea speaks to the truth that one day the shoot and the branch shall destroy the enemy and will deliver the people. Is that day that the prophet spoke of this day in which we live? When we consider this truth, I would argue that this isn't a pie in the sky in the sweet by and by. It's not something that we have fabricated or made up. It's not myth. For us, this, this is our truth. This is our reality. When we gather as the people of God and celebrate during this season the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus, that is our truth. That is our reality. It is happening now in faith shadow, but will become our sight substance in the very near future. When Jesus said to his disciples, this is how you should pray in Matthew 6.10, he said, 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in. There is a day of merging that's taking place. It's coming. It's coming. We are not living in denial at the tragedy and the brokenness and corruption of our circumstances. We're not turning a blind eye to the loss and absence that many experience during this season. We're fully aware of it. But coexisting in all of this, we have a God who is ruling and running all of it. The passage isn't asking us to believe something that isn't true. Can you believe that the prophet Isaiah spoke of a shoot, of a root, and that that day is this day? The Savior has indeed arrived. It's not asking us to believe something that isn't true, but to actually believe what is true. This is our reality. The righteous ruler is renewing his creation and ruling over the nations. He is gathering people from every tongue, tribe, people, and nations right now. This branch, this king has come and will return in the future, just like those in Isaiah's time. We are waiting, eagerly expecting for the king who will rule and reign with justice and mercy. And we are praying for his soon arrival. And that king, however, is reigning now and will return to right all wrongs and make all things new. Thus, what do we say to those who are experiencing loss and absence right now? We do not grieve as those who have no hope. We believe in Jesus. Think about what we have spoken of. Think about why we gather. Our passage, like Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 11... All those passages speak of one who will come, and we say he has come. What do we do with that? If you are a Christian, let me encourage you, let me remind you of what is true. Jesus Christ is that righteous ruler. Jesus Christ is renewing creation. He is reversing the curse. He will restore the garden. Let me remind you of what is true. He is ruling and will rule over the nations. All that he has promised will indeed come to pass. But perhaps you're here with family. Perhaps you've never been inside of Waukesha Bible Church before. You've never been in the context of a study like this. And you're hearing of this righteous ruler that we are saying, which the New Testament proclaims, is Jesus. Here's what I would say to you. I would pray that the Spirit of God would show you how you can't. You cannot save yourself. You are a sinner in need of a Savior. What God did was send His Son to be that Savior. You can't save yourself, but God can, and Jesus did. Folks, that's the best news in all the world. The Scriptures call that good news. Good news. And that righteous ruler who will restore the garden, reverse the curse, and is ruling over the nations? That is Jesus. And he can be your savior from sin and death and for joy and glory. If the Spirit of God is causing you to understand this and you want to know him as your savior, 
as the one who indeed is the righteous ruler, please see me afterwards. I would love to talk to you about Jesus. And for those of us who know him, this is that day. And this is a good day. When we remember the story and how we as individuals and as a group are a part of that one story. Please stand with me as we close in prayer. Father, how thankful we are that you sent your son to be our savior. How thankful we are for this season that we can remember the story. Father, we know that we can't. And you have done for us what we could never have done for ourselves. You saved us. You sent your son to be that savior. Father, we are so thankful that you are a fulfiller of promises, that you complete patterns and pictures and prophecies, that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the seed promise, the completion of that blood picture. And as Christians, we rejoice. This season is more than the way it has been advertised and commercialized. This season is about celebrating your grace and mercy to us in the sending of your Son. Father, if anyone is here tonight who does not know Jesus as their Savior from sin and death, I pray the Spirit of God would cause them to understand and that they would talk to me or talk to someone about their soul condition and how they can know Him and in knowing Him have the forgiveness of sin and life forevermore. Thank you, Father, for this season. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.